What is up, bros? I'm Caleb. And I'm Jonathan. And we are a couple of bros on a mission to give you guys the most detailed movie Freaking struggling talking about Starting strong. I know. The most detailed movie reviews out there with as little bias as possible. Welcome to the All Bros. <laughs> uh, this week on the podcast, we have nothing in 4K Spotlight. Um, and through the wall, we have one bit of news... Uh, nothing too major. It's kind of been a slow news week, at least with anything that's caught our attention. Um, so once we cover that, we will be getting straight into this week's headliner, which will be our breakdown of spoiler alert. Um, so without further ado, let's say we get into this. Hello, my name is Brucker Nurse, and I want to tell you about my fun horror movie podcast called Autopsy of a Horror Movie. On my show, I like to have fun dissecting out what makes a horror movie scary, what worked for it, what didn't, what types of fears does it play off of. Is it an allegory for any sort of message? I don't know, but let's find out. Also, I like to watch slashers. I'm a big slasher guy, so... I'll watch a slasher and do a kill grade for it. I will cover the kills and I will tell you how I would grade it based on shock, method, style points, and a fourth category that is a reflection of the movie. Besides those, I'll have fun with special topic episodes, commentary tracks, interviews with guests, including some Shutter directors, so I just like to have a fun time over here. If any of this sounds interesting to you or you just want to come check me out, please head over to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere they listen to podcasts and search for Autopsy of a Horror Movie. Also, be sure to find me on Instagram, at Brucker Horror, where you get fun updates and some cool little posts that I do. Thanks for listening, and I hope that you get to enjoy the show, and I'll see you on Instagram. Bye. Alrighty, getting into our Through the Wall segment. Uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie got pushed a little bit but in a good way but in a good way it got pushed in a good direction uh so instead of it coming out on a friday like you would think it's getting released on wednesday yeah so just a uh, just a couple days earlier than it was uh supposed I'm to i'm wondering if like anything else is coming out that weekend so they kind of want to try to get like a head start yeah, that's an interesting move. A bold move, if I do yeah, say so myself. Is, no, I agree. That's a very bold move. Now I'm curious on if anything else opens April 7th. Yeah, that's all I'm seeing. Interesting. So, uh, who knows what the hell. That, okay. I guess you do you, Illumination and Universal. <laughs> yeah, they're, seriously, like, that weekend, there's nothing. There's a movie called Paint... There's a, uh, it looks like a documentary about Chucky, which kind of looks cool. Oh, yeah. I want to check that out. Yeah, so I don't know what this is all about, but. Whatever. I mean, now we get to see it even earlier, so I'm not complaining. Yeah, like, I'm looking the rest of the month, too. There's freaking nothing. Okay, that's cool that it gets the whole month to itself. I don't know, maybe they just want to, like, have as strong of an open... Wait. No, that would still count. Never mind. What? No, I was gonna say, uh, maybe they just wanted to have a strong opening, as much of a strong opening as they can, but for a second I'm like, wait, they don't count Wednesday and Thursday, but yes, they do. 
Yeah. So whatever the the move or this move was for, it does not make any sense because this is seriously the biggest release of the month. At least in in my eyes, I, I feel like th- I don't see anything else that's standing out as a big release of the month. Like the only other movie that I, I would even think like, eh, maybe would be this uh big George Foreman, which that doesn't come out until the 28th of April. Um, something I don't assume is going to be very well received is Peter Pan and Wendy, oh, but that yeah. gets released on Disney plus. So I don't know what the motivation behind this move was. If anything, like it just, it seems odd. It does. So, I mean, they have a whole month to just freaking dominate the box office. So yes, they do. I mean, we'll, we'll see what, what this is all about, but I mean, still excited for the movie. Yeah. Um, it looks fantastic. Like, there's, there hasn't been a single thing that's gotten released about this movie that I haven't liked in s- some way. Same. Uh, so, yeah, unless you have anything else to add about that. No, I got nothing. All right, well, let's say we move on to this week's headliner. Let's do it. This week's headliner, like we said, will be our breakdown of a spoiler alert, uh, which you can find on Peacock right now. Um, it does so. Don't let the cover of this movie fool you. It looks like this could. I thought I was expecting a lot more holiday theme from this movie, just based off of the cover, because they it's like them underneath the Christmas tree. It has Christmas in it, but it's not, I wouldn't call this a Christmas movie by any means. No, I wouldn't either. I, I like how they transition. Um, I love the transition of this, of how they start taking like a Christmas picture together. And that's how you transition uh, through them spending like, what is it, like nine years together? Something uh, like so they're together for 13 years. Okay. So, and then during like, when they first start taking, sorry, go ahead. No, so, so yeah, it, it's so the way that it, it, it goes, it's like when from their first meeting to their first Christmas together, and then from their from that Christmas, they do the the Christmas cards or the next like 13 Christmas cards, okay, yeah, um, until they're at the that party. And then it's from that Christmas to their last Christmas. Okay. Because I felt that was a very creative way to do a time jump. Dude, it was an excellent way to do a time jump. Yeah. Like, I think they... We'll get into it, but I think they handled that perfectly. <laughs> oh, I agree. Um, But first, before we get into this breakdown, we actually asked a question of the week. This week, and we actually got some responses. Wow. Yeah, so uh, for those of you that follow us on 
TikTok. We do post a question of the week every once in a while. We're trying to get better about it just because we've been out of practice and coming up with questions is hard. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. Um, so the question that we asked this week in regards to spoiler alert was what sort of or what media had been spoiled for you? And we got some devastating answers. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. First up, we got a response from Chunky Radu68, uh, who said, Spider-Man No Way Home. Oh, I'm so sorry. Ugh, that sucks. Dude, that sucks so bad. But Spider-Man No... Like... <sighs> I don't know what was spoiled for him, but I think Spider-Man No Way Home was the worst kept secret in MCU history. (laughs) Dude, seriously. God freaking... Okay, it's like, spoiler alert here if none of you have seen it yet, or some of you haven't seen it yet, which would... um, The whole... Remember when that uh, image of Andrew Garfield leaked, and he just kept trying to play it off? Oh, no, someone made that in Photoshop. I'm like, dude, come on. And then that leak, that that leak of all three of them right next to each other. So like, you're not bullshitting your way out of this one, man. <laughs> no, that looked too real, dude. The MCU just needs to freaking own up. Like, do what DC. Do. Like James Gunn. I feel James Gunn's handling the DC perfectly. Like people ask questions, like, "Oh, is this?" canon or blah blah like just random questions and he'll like straight up say yes no or yeah whatever like that. he is so transparent and it is great it, yeah it really is so i i hope that there that warner brothers allows him to keep that up i i do too um but yeah for for you chunky radio we feel you that freaking blows um, next up, we got a response from I Techno Sway. I think that's how you say it. <laughs> I'm te- I'm hope. guessing because it looks like it could be it Echno Sway. I don't know. I'm just going to say I Techno Sway. Uh, he or they said, um, I remember when Avengers Age of Ultron was spoiled for me by my freaking brother. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. That that would that would be horrible. Spoiling Avengers movies is a cardinal sin in my book. Like I will disown anyone if they spoil a Marvel movie for me. <laughs> like no joke. There's a website that spoiled actually it it wasn't even like a proper spoiler. So it it actually ended up being a false spoiler, but uh, a website that I came across for on a, I think it was Google. It might have been Google, might have been Facebook, but whatever. I still have that website blocked to this day. Damn. Yeah, like you only get one shot. You spoil something for me, I will disown you. <laughs> <laughs> so um i i did res- 
I responded to most of these, like the ones that I, I could. Um, I did say betrayal by family can be t- a tough one to get over. And they said, uh, which is why one day he'll get what he deserves. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, same here. Um, he'll just have to spoil uh, King Dynasty for his brother. Oh, dude. <laughs> that revenge would be rough. Yeah, but it'd be sweet revenge. Um, all right. The next response we got was from the Sigma Chunk, the Sigma Chunky, Chucky, not Chunky, the Sigma Chucky. Um, so this was more in response to hit or uh, saying that we were going to break down Ant Man, and just said, "Should I watch it or not?" And I ended up tagging. Gotta them. listen to the episode. Yeah, so I, I think I ended up tagging them in the um, the recommendation for Ant-Man. Oh, okay. Uh, but still, we appreciate your response. Um, all right, next we got... Oh, my gosh. I don't even know how to say it. Mar... Tolas 3 Amy Bien Loco. Uh, I, I will tag people in a post... Like everyone I responded, but your your names are difficult. <laughs> um, but they said uh, I was spoiled about who Modok actually was in Quantumania. Yeah, that does suck. Yeah, although I feel you there. I don't know. I felt that I don't know for the longest time. I felt that I was just like floating around the internet that it was going to be Darren. So, like, I kind of, like, really believe that it was going to happen. So, that just, I don't know. I felt that that was spoiled for me months before the movie came out. <laughs> yeah, I, it it was another one of those not super well-kept secrets. I think it's just True. also everyone just assumed that's what the case was. <laughs> that's a good point. But, yeah, anyway, still, regardless, that freaking sucks. Yeah. Sorry about that. Um, all right, moving on. We have a response from Turbulent underscore edits uh, who said, I was spoiled about literally every death in Breaking Bad. So whenever someone died, I was just looking at the TV with no shock. I've never seen Breaking Bad, and I'm sorry to say I don't have any intention to watch it, but that does suck. I'm very sorry. Dude, they death did... spoiled for you? That's bullshit. Yeah, especially like if you know how people are going to die, like that just is rough because there's some deaths that are just so shocking in that show yeah. that it just it like it leaves an impression on you. Um, is there any particular reason you're not wanting to watch? I don't know. Not really. Just this show doesn't really interest me. Like, don't remember, Brian Cranston s- sounds like he's amazing in the show. Just, it's never really caught my attention. Got nothing against it. We'll have to chat, because I think, like, I was super hesitant about watching Breaking Bad for the longest time. Um, But once I started watching it, I was, I got hooked. Okay. It was a really, really well done show. Like, especially when you start getting into, like, the thick of it. It's yeah. freaking nuts. They right. do, like, it's so cool because they do, like, they have a whole 
um, season dedicated where you get these little bits and pieces of events that lead up to just like a catastrophic event in in the series like but it's so cool because it's just these tiny little lead-ups and they put just a little a little focus on this random shit that's happening and like then it's just boom like catastrophe happens it's it's freaking nuts the way that they they handle it i think you cool i think you'd really enjoy the show but i i would have to like i would need to discuss with you some of your other like tv show tastes (laughs) Because okay. I know you t- tend to lean more towards like lighthearted comedy, like Superstore or The Office. Like the like, the Last of if... Us is like the first sh- that kind of show that like I've actually been very invested in. Okay, I would I would dare say that Breaking Bad as a whole is pretty on par with the quality of um, The Last of Us. Obviously, okay. there are some episodes that are better than others, um, yeah. but I mean, overall, I think the seasons are really good. Okay, so I I, I would recommend it if you like if you okay. just come across it one time, like just I'd say just give it a shot. Like first, okay, two episodes I think could get you. Okay. Um, and then our last one is from our good friend DJ at the Untrained Eye, um, and his I say for last because his probably stings the most. Uh, he said, "Endgame, oh, that is fuck. all." <sighs> Why did I have a feeling it was going to be that one, dude? I don't know what's worse—to have like Endgame spoiled or to have like Infinity War spoiled. Both. Can I choose both as my answer? <laughs> I know, but Endgame, dude. Could you imagine? No, dude. I, dude. I. St- um. There was like I think this was like an hour or so before we went and saw it. There was a a, a Snapchat like story that I saw that and it just had a picture of Black Widow. Um, and I'm trying to remember the tagline. It said, "Why this?" I think it said, "Why this character was done dirty in Avengers Endgame." the hell does that mean like, i didn't really think much into it and then we went and saw it and i'm just like that freaking snapchat almost spoiled endgame for me dude i go on a social media hiatus as soon as i hear that people can release their <laughs> critiques that's yeah dude i don't blame you yeah absolutely not you will not catch me slipping like that <laughs> um and yeah so that is all the responses that we got. So thank you everyone that you. sent a response. I, I will f- try my hardest to find a way to tag everyone in a post uh, for this. So you guys can look forward to that. Um, but with that, let's get into uh, this breakdown. Uh, so if you are new to Sorry, I just discovered there's a hole in my shirt. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Um, if you are new to our breakdown system, we have split movies into eight different categories that we individually score to come to a final All Bros letter grade. 
The eight categories that we score are story, writing, acting, character development, effects, music, costumes, and then we give it our own personal score at the very end. All of those numbers get magically added up and spit through our algorithm and gives us a letter grade to compare this movie to others of a similar grade, as well as a percentage so we can see uh, a ranking of these movies. The ranking isn't super important or is not as important as the letter grade, um, but we do like to see the rankings. So that's more just for uh, for fun. <laughs> Uh, so, with that, if you have not seen, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. <laughs> You've been waiting to do that, haven't you? Dude, I've been waiting so long. <laughs> That's why I got a little giddy that, oh my God. <laughs> that I was leading this episode. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, Anyway, uh, so yes, if you have not seen this movie, Rose is about, about to read the entire synopsis of this film and spoil it all for you if you have not seen it. Uh, like we said earlier, you can check this movie out right now. It is available on Peacock. Um, so if you have that service, please go give it a watch. Or you can buy it on Blu-ray. That's always an option. You know, support physical media. Woo! Yeah, I guess that's an option now. <laughs> well, Caleb just ended up ended up on my list. <laughs> uh, so with that, it is time for everyone's favorite segment: reading with Rose, with two E's. You always have to add that, don't you? Yes. Alright. The film opens with Kit Cohen trying... <laughs> God damn it. Uh, okay. Take two. Already off to a strong start. The film opens with Kit Cohen dying in the arms of his husband, Michael Osiello, following his 11th month... 11 month... 11, oh my God. 11 month battle with terminal cancer. The story told through Michael details their 14 year relationship leading up to Kit's death. In 2001, Michael, a writer for TV Guide, is brought to a gay nightclub by his best friend in Manhattan. There, he meets Kit, a photographer, and the two instantly connect. As they begin dating, Michael struggles with his insecurities of being informally overweight and not being attractive enough for Kit. Kit reveals that he had an affair with a man at the gym. They both admit their fears of being in a long-term relationship since neither of them had been in one before, but they decide to continue dating each other. During their first Christmas together, Kit gives Michael his own closet space at his apartment, inviting Michael to live with him. In 2002, Kit gets an ap oh my God. apodectomy, I think that's how you pronounce that word. Uh, his parents, Bob and Marilyn, come to Manhattan. Not not out to them, Kit asks Michael to clean the apartment of anything gay and all evidence of their relationship. Upon returning to Kit's place, Marilyn grows suspicious of Michael after she incessantly ins uh, I hope that's a word incessant incessantly that's the word interrogates the two men. Kit comes out to his parents and reveals that Michael is his boyfriend. 
While initially upset that Kit could not admit this to her, Marilyn is accepting and welcomes Michael. Michael and Kit continue their relationship and get a townhouse together. During their second Christmas, Michael invites Kit to lie under the Christmas tree with him as he did when he was a child and explains it was always a fantasy of his to do, to do it every year with his partner. In 2013, Michael and Kit develop complications in their relationship as their sex life deteriorates. Michael spends too much time with his company TV line and becomes an alcoholic. Kit struggles with a marijuana addiction and infidelity, and Michael suspects he is having an affair with his, with his co-worker, Sebastian. Their therapist believes they now resent each other, but still love each other too much to end it, and suggests that they separate to reassess their feelings. Kit moves out, but the two remain in their relationship. During their Christmas party, Kit begins showing signs of health concerns and learns he has a tumor in his rectum. Michael, still traumatized by his mother's death from cancer, lets Kit move back in. In 2014, Michael and Kit learn from their oncologist that Kit has a rare form of stage 4 neuro... wow... Neuroendocrine cancer, and Michael supports Kit as he undergoes a failed round of chemotherapy and soon after radiation therapy. Eleven months later, a seemingly recovered Kit goes on a vacation to Ocean City with Michael, Bob, and Marilyn, but his health worsens, and the oncologist reveals that the radiation treatment has failed and Kit has six weeks left to live. That night, Michael apologizes for not letting Kit know how beautiful he was due to his fears of being left for a more attractive man. Kit apologizes to Michael for having an affair with Sebastian. After Michael smokes marijuana with Kit for the first time, Kit proposes to Michael and they marry the next day. Michael and Kit spend one more Christmas together, during which Michael has a dream of himself and Kit growing old and the under the Christmas tree. In 2015, Kit is taken into the hospital. There, Michael allows Sebastian to say goodbye to Kit. As Kit is dying, Michael fantasizes of interviewing Kit as if he were a departing actor whose character is being killed off, where Kit expresses gratitude for his past and is looking forward to the future. Michael asks Kit what he should do, and Kit replies that he will have to figure it out. Back in reality, Michael thanks Kit for giving him a family and tells him it is okay to go. Kit dies with Michael and his parents with him. Michael continues to be a part of Bob and Marilyn's lives after Kit's death. Michael prepares to leave New York for Los Angeles, and although he is nervous to start this new journey, he remembers how brave he was to begin his adventure with Kit. This movie was so freaking beautiful. It it uh, it was. I love... I mean, this isn't a simple love story, but I just love stories like this. It sucks that it had to end like it did, and oh my god, like the tears they were flowing, but the adventure that we went through to get to that ending was remarkable. Dude, absolutely. I again, am not ashamed to admit, I freaking was just, oh, like I wasn't weeping, but I, so... <laughs> Way to, way to put me on spotlight, I was. <laughs> oh, dude, like, it was bad, though. Well, so, Iris usually does, like, she likes to sleep on on our bed when she naps. Oh, okay. Um, but she, for whatever reason, she came and crawled into my lap to take a nap. Aww. And so she was, like, napping on my lap. Brielle had just taken off to go to the store. And so I was, I was just sitting there watching it, and like it was a, at the sad moment when when Brielle was leaving, and I was just like, "Hurry up, <laughs> like get out the door." 
And then as soon as she left, I was like, ah! (laughs) Like, it was just... Dude, shit like that hits me so hard. I mean, hell, like... (laughs) Like, this might be my bias showing, but the story doesn't even need to be that good. (laughs) Like, if you... you, Like, not saying that this this story in in this is bad or anything. It's just... (laughs) Like damn, like it doesn't even need to be that good, and I'll freaking be in tears. Like if I get too into a movie, but I was—it's just what this story was able to do, and I feel like really accurately portrayed a relationship. Like it's—I appreciated that they're like it was around thirteen years where they started having issues and needed to separate. And, like, I feel like that's, like, a long time in relationship terms, but not so long where it's like, oh, these people should be, like, really old. But, like, it it was just kind of a perfect, and I know this was based on a true story, so, (laughs) like, it's hard to, like, judge the story, like, oh, how well it was written, but because someone actually lived it. (laughs) Yeah. But it, it was just... It was so well done. Like, every single aspect to this was just incredible. And it just, it had so much heart. It did so well at getting you inside the psyche of um, of Michael. And, like, how he viewed his life where he's like, oh, I always viewed my childhood as, like, a a sitcom. And so, like, you get to see those bits and pieces of sitcom that were, like, really interesting, but also just kind of, like, hauntingly dark in a way. Except for the whole, uh, what, what's a matter, baby joke that uh, his brother did. Yeah, that was so dumb. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, it was just... It was a really well-told story, and I really liked how they, like, I know that this is just kind of part of the, so this movie is based off of a book called, um, spoiler alert, the hero dies, and so this is, like, the life story of Michael Osiello and his partner, Kit Cohen, and... I, this is something that I feel I've heard a lot of people complain about where a story is predictable and how like, oh, you always know what's going to happen. Like you, you know, that they're, they're going to, they're going to end up together. Like in a, like a rom-com, like you, you know, what's going to happen. Like, you know, what the ultimate goal is, you know, that these people are going to accomplish it blah 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 like like what's the point of it is where i'm getting like people have that issue and i'm such a i feel like i'm such a different movie watcher because i don't give a shit where we're going i care about how we get there and this movie starting off with um with kit dying just it it 
closed off like any idea of where we thought this was going to go. It's like, this is where it ends. Here's how we got there. And I love that. Same here. Like, I love when it be like that. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, any, I've, like I said, I've heard complaints from different people, like movie watchers, that are just like, oh, I knew exactly where the story was going, so it, was, it just ended up being kind of lame. Like, no, you freaking just suck at watching movies. <laughs> I feel that there's nothing wrong with a predictable story. No, if it's told well, yeah. Like, there's nothing wrong with a predictable story. And with this, like, you didn't have to do any predicting, so those assholes can go shove it. <laughs> yes, they can. So, yeah, I just, I appreciated the hell out of that, and how, like I said, realistic this relationship felt. So, so good. Yeah, and that's just an acting credit, so we'll eventually get to that. Um, but the story of their first year together, like up to their first Christmas to, um, or technically second Christmas, because it it was their first, so it was like right after his parents had left after he got the, his appendix removed. Yes. That they moved into the new place. And so it was their first Christmas there. So technically their second Christmas together. Yeah. And then it like pushed forward from there. Um, like they did a great job showing that like the issues that they were having, and I think that they they did very well, like it, kind of figuring out how to explain where the issues came from and like the where their separation came in part. Like they didn't leave it up for like the imagination. It was just. Like, I feel like they very easily could have just gone, oh, boom, they're separated. It's like, okay, but why? Like, we didn't see these issues. Like, but this did really well at sharing those, those sessions and therapy, like, with us. They, they did, and I like how they, it kind of led, um, it led into that, like, kind of with a joke with them being, uh, you know, eating dinner at the Christmas party, and then one of the uh, the guests was just like, "Oh, you know, your your love story is one for the ages. It's amazing what you guys have been able to uh, create uh, thirteen years together. So I just hope that me and uh, Sebastian can be as close as you guys have been for so long." And then freaking Kit just leans over to Sebastian. He's just like, "Oh, you haven't told him yet." <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. It, dude, that was freaking hilarious. Yeah, I'm like, awkward. Yeah, and th- I, I love how it took that pause from the dinner to show what was going on. Yeah. Um, and then just kind of gave us that, that background information, like, um, gave us an insight to what their issues were and why they were separated and, and everything. So, really appreciated that. And... I appreciate that they were at a point where they were wanting to kind of work things out and grow, like come back together and their illness or uh kit's illness just kind of helped facilitate that better. And so like, it was just so freaking how they, how they pulled that off. So 
I don't know about you, but I'm like really high on this story. I am too. The question is, how high are you? I'm having a hard time try like talking myself out of the '90s, so I might be around '91. I'm just gonna go point. All right, moving on over to writing. This, I will say, I don't think this quite cracked ninety for me. That's fair. I will say though, whoever decided to uh, write that um, Michael has a Smurfs obsession, freaking hilarious. Like, I'm sure that's how it really happened. I mean, I don't know if yeah. Well, this is based off of this dude's actual life so that's true i mean he could have just added that in just you know maybe as a joke because you know like some people will put that on in because i i know like they'll say like based on a true story but sometimes they'll like add stuff that didn't happen to like make it a little more fun but i'm not saying it didn't happen it might have actually happened but the fact that he literally just has the biggest smurf collection ever is freaking hilarious um and like kit's just like taken back from it for a minute it's just, it's so great i'm sure uh that's how people would feel if you know they saw my john wayne gacy collection um but a lot worse <laughs> i i think he can justify smurfs more than i can justify john wayne gacy which i can justify it i got i, I got nothing i can't believe he has a huge statue though of papa smurf in his living room like, oh my god. <laughs> uh, I just looked it up. Michael Ossiello, whose life the movie is based off, tells Today.com that he's slightly embarrassed to say he really did have all those Smurfs at the time, and still does. In fact, his collection has only grown. Oh my god, I love <laughs> you, man. That is fantastic. Not only did I have a room full of Smurfs, but those were my Smurfs in the scene. No shit. (laughs) That was my personal collection that was used in the movie, and it was only a fraction of the overall collection. My actual collection is probably six or seven times what you saw. Jeez Louise, dude. <laughs> so they drastically undersold <laughs> what it actually was. <laughs> dude, oh my god. I freaking love you, man. That that is fantastic. Oh my gosh, that is the best. Well now I want to that... see the whole collection. Like I I, you... I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> you you gotta take pictures of this whole thing, man. Holy shit. I know you're not listening, but, you know, if by chance you ever do, please, I got to see this entire collection. Dude, this was hilarious. Uh, So, yeah, so apparently Hollywood under-dramatized his collection. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, my God. So, I mean... This guy has a writing credit in this movie. Oh, that's cool. So, I mean, I I know personally, like, if I was doing a story off of my life, which my life's freaking boring as shit, so... Um, no, shut the hell up. (laughs) I mean, cinematically, it's it's probably not the most exciting thing. (laughs) 
we can make it. Trust me. I got some ideas. <laughs> you got ideas for how my life played out? Yep. I got ideas. <laughs> me, um, I, get the, I, get, I get the biggest chapter. I'm just going to let you know right now. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mean to toot my own horn, but... um. Oh, man. Um, like, don't get me wrong. Like, even though I'm saying the story or the writing is a little lower than the overall story, it uh, doesn't mean that the writing was bad by any means. Um, I did really appreciate that instead of typical narration that we get, which it, it's, it's kind of like what it felt, but it, it, what it ended up being was Michael reading... Uh, the, his eulogy, or Kit's eulogy, and like that's what it like led into, or what the movie led led into reading that, and so, um, really like that. I think dialogue wise, it wasn't like very many issues. It was just Not, um, it all felt natural. Oh yeah, I think saying. the only stuff that didn't was maybe like just their casual conversation. Or okay. casual conversations that they were having with people. Um, like, the the one that's kind of standing out to me is when they were at that art gallery for Kit's friend. And they were talking about that Black Apple uh, oh, yeah, or picture or whatever the hell it was. Yeah, I mean, that, that dialogue got a little crazy, but... Fair enough. Again, wasn't too bad. Like, I don't know about you, but like the scenes like that where people are like discussing art and what they think it means, I and those people. (laughs) Uh, Like, I I don't. I don't know if, like, I don't know anyone personally that like is into art like that. The only art that I'm into is the art by John Wayne Gacy. (laughs) Yeah, but it's like that art is pretty self-explanatory. It's just like he Fair. he was just trying to make a quick buck. Like there's no secret meaning behind his no, there's not. his artwork, at least that we know of. No. But I I couldn't I couldn't ever be with someone that talked about art that way. Like I couldn't be about oh like oh I went and bought this painting and like spent. A redonkulous amount of money on this painting, um, just because like this is what it symbolizes, and I'm like, it's like blank. <laughs> like, dude, like legit. I had like I found a video of someone talking about the meaning behind a painting that was just like white plaster on a canvas, and they're like, yeah, I spent like. At least five figures on this, on this painting. I'm like, you got ripped off. I would have done it for you for like twenty bucks. Oh, <laughs> uh, like art or the high class art is so freaking stupid. Oh man, dude. Speaking of art, I was um, I saw like, and I think Ryan had it at his. No, he did. Yeah, he had it at his museum. But there's like a serial killer uh, comic book uh, that um, he has from like the 90s. And they were actually a 
straight up like reseller of John Wayne Gacy uh, paintings. So like they had the like literally they have an order form in the freaking comic book. So like you could choose between uh, if you wanted his you know pogo or patches or like one of his like seven dwarves. Like he had like he had like ten paintings listed ranging from I think it was like a hundred dollars and up, but most were nine ninety nine. Not nine ninety nine, ninety nine dollars. Sorry, um, and like all of them would include like a signed picture, and I'm just like, God, imagine being able to pay those prices. Where now you're lucky if you, I mean, considering that most paintings that you'll find of him, as I've been told, are fakes, which I I have nothing, um, I have no reason not to believe because yeah, Ryan Grayface literally has every single one of his paintings, and he can track it back to how he acquired it, um. But just like looking at that and just being like, oh yeah, you could pay a hundred dollars for one of John Wayne Gacy's paintings. Um, and it can be you know like signed to you, and you'll get a picture and everything. And I'm just like, damn, that'd be nice. And say you know spending thousands of dollars on one. Um, total side note: Did you see that they're hiring? Yeah, I did. And I wish I lived in Savannah because you have no idea I would be first to volunteer as tribute for that. You can come live with me. That's true. But I don't really have an excuse right now. <laughs> yeah, you see how that feels? <laughs> you suck, <Rude>. a bitch. <laughs> I got one. Everything is really expensive right now, so I don't even know if I could afford to move. If... Can you give me that? You don't have that much shit. We'll just pack it in your car. Have you seen? Okay, I'm gonna stop doing that. Do I have you seen? I know we and we talked you. about this. We did <laughs> talked about this when I was visiting, <laughs> like a month ago. Not even. No, yeah, that's been a month. I am willing to bet you that we could put everything in your car. You still have that car that you like picked me up in when I yeah I still came have a Corolla time, right. Yeah. We can fit most, Bet. if not all, of Dude, your stuff in, in that car. I don't know, man. I don't know. It, it, okay, it's it will get squirrely, but we can do it. I could, I could fit all my John Wayne Gacy stuff in the car. The only shit but... that I don't think that we could fit in, in the car with us is... My movies. No, I we could get a majority of your movies, like a, a a really high majority. The only stuff is maybe like bed, um, like basically furniture items, okay. which is now, fine. Like <laughs> I'm, like I'm. Pr- I can ju- I I could just repurchase that stuff in Georgia. Yeah. We'll freaking help you out. We'll, hell, we'll freaking go build you a bed. <laughs> now, what about my cat? That's the question. Bring your cat. I don't give a shit. <laughs> okay. All right. Like, he's probably going to be crammed in between some, like, <laughs> some boxes, but. <laughs> yeah, no, he is. Si- wow. You can't have a cat loose in a car. Still, that's my baby you're talking about, okay? <laughs> okay, you can't have a cat loose in the car. I try. I attempted that one time, and I almost died. I don't know. You haven't met Alexander. Do you drive with him on a regular basis? I do actually. In the car. Hmm. 
And he does fine. Just messing with you. Oh. <laughs> it's like you're a liar. <laughs> no, he's like, only what? I've always wanted to like take him out of his kennel and like see how he is in the car, but I just never have done it. No, he's he's only ever in a, a grooming appointment. Yeah, I, I made that mistake once and like I said, I almost died. Shit, man. Because I was just like, Oh, my cat's super small. I he doesn't or they don't need a cage. And I was driving him to PetSmart for something, and um, it it was like on my shoulder like the entire ride, and it was just like super cute. But then I turned in, and like I turned onto the main road that I needed to be on, and it jumped down, and I was like, "Oh crap!" And I went to bend down and grab it, but it got startled by me, and kind of like went to hide the only place that it could behind my freaking brake and I was like oh, oh shit <laughs> like oh fuck yeah and I I was like oh shit oh shit oh shit because it was busy on the road and I'm like I am going to die <laughs> and luckily I was able to like uh, Mr. Miyagi snatched the cat before I rear-ended someone. But yeah, mistakes were made. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we can make it happen. It will happen. Okay, just not hey, right listen, now. listen, listen to this. What? Listen to this. What? They're not even hiring immediately. They just want resumes on file. All right, maybe I'll throw my. I'll throw my hat into the not that's not it, my name into their hat. Do it in, you're cool. <laughs> At least Dude. find out what they're paying. Yeah, that's true. Good point. Anyway, getting back to this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, writing I I I'm having a hard time putting it any lower than a ninety, so I think I'm just gonna be at like a solid ninety. And you know what? I will match you on that. All right, moving on over to acting. We have Michael Asiello, who is played by Jim Parsons. We have Kit Cohen, who is played by Ben Aldridge. Um, there wasn't really anyone else in this enough to uh, like credit. Um, okay, we'll we'll talk about. Kit's parents. So, uh, Kit's mom, Marilyn, and his dad, Bob, were played by Sally Field and Bill Irwin, respectively. Um, anyone else that you think is like. No, I got no one. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so. A top three is really hard for this one. Fair. I mean, I, I can think of three, but if you can't, we can do top two. It's up to you. I mean, we we can do top three. I'm pretty sure our top three is going to be the same, though. Well, let's find out. Uh, Number three for me, go to Sally Field. She's, yep. literally, she's literally amazing in everything she does, and this movie was no exception. She was nothing Dude, ain't that but, the truth. Right? Dude, did you see her and Andrew Garfield's reunion at the SAG Awards? No. Oh my god, it's so it's so cute. It's so sweet. I don't care what anyone says. To me, 
their dynamic for Aunt May and Peter is my favorite in all of the live action movies. I love their dynamic together. 100% agree. Yes. One of the few that does. I was just like, no, it's Toby and uh, I forget who played Aunt May. Don't get me wrong. Both were good, but I just... Sally Field and Andrew Garfield have such great chemistry together, and like they really feel like an aunt and nephew that, God, I, I love in those two movies. Um, so yeah, number three, Sally Field. Two, I would give to Ben Aldridge, played Kit. Frank, I told you our top three is the exact same. God, well, <laughs> son of a bitch, okay. Uh, yeah, fantastic, fantastic actor. I think this is the first movie I've seen him in. Um and I'm going to have to uh, find some more stuff he's in because, god damn, this guy, guy can really act. Uh, fantastic. And then, yeah, I guess, like Caleb said, our acting uh, lists are the same. Our top three are the same. Jim Parsons. This is the first uh, role that I've seen him play outside of Sheldon Cooper. And so this is a huge adjustment for me for him not being annoying as fuh, but in a good way, because I actually love Sheldon. Um, but, God, he hit all he hit all the dramatic beats that he needed to hit. He was just so likable, just such a great performance. I, I loved him in this movie. Um, so, yeah, that's my top three, and apparently Caleb's as well. Oh, yeah. Did you not see, um, oh, balls, what was it, Hidden Figures? Oh, he was in that? Yeah. Oh, shit. He was kind of like the second-in-command in, in NASA. Oh, yeah, shit, you're right. Yeah, so live-action-wise, like, that's the only thing that I've uh, that I've seen him in. Um, oh, this is kind of interesting. He played a character named Caleb in iCarly. Ha! <laughs> Oh my god, speaking of iCarly, I saw, I totally forgot that this was a thing, or this was an episode, but like, someone captioned on TikTok, the more I get older, the, yeah, the more I get older, the more I relate to this teacher. Have you seen uh, the episode where the teacher, one of iCarly's, iCarly, one of Carly's teachers is on the board, and he's just like, okay, class, I need you to do numbers seven and nine. And Carly raises her hand. She's like, what about eight? And he just straight up in the whiniest voice just is like, I'm in charge. (laughs) (laughs) That show's a gem. It is. I love that show. He's so whiny about it, but that just makes it so funny. Um... But yeah, looking at his, uh, the rest of his IMDb, that's like the only other thing that I've seen him in. Well, I hope he gets more because Guy can really act. He's a great actor. Yeah, he's a phenomenal actor. It, I, unfortunately, I think he's in like that weird space right now in his career where I can only see him as Sheldon. Yeah, that that's fair. Which is the same issue I had with uh, Daniel Radcliffe. Where anything that he played, I'm like, this is weird because like all I see is Harry Potter. But I think we've finally gotten to a point in his career where I can look at him as someone else. Um, have you seen like anyone commenting on how um like do you, do you watch Young Sheldon or have you seen any any of it? Oh yeah, I'm all caught up on it. 
Oh shit, okay, I'm so behind. Um, maybe I brought this up to you, but uh, I find it funny with how much uh, Ian Armitage is going through puberty. And, you know, his voice is changing. Yeah, with his Everyone's voice being a... deeper? Yeah, his voice is... <laughs> His voice is actually deeper than the guy that plays the adult version of it. <laughs> yeah, you can tell that he tries really hard to kind of keep it higher pitched, but yeah, it's hard because it, it, like he has to match the tone too, and I think he's just nailed the tone and it it it's right. It is, but I can look past it because I think he is so he was so perfectly cast as young Sheldon. Oh yeah. That kid's going to have issues, too, like, eventually, if he, like, depending on how long uh, young Sheldon continues, um, I think he's going to have a similar issue where it's like, oh, we only see him as uh, young Sheldon. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I'm trying to s- just check real quick, see what, oh, yeah, Ian Armitage hasn't been in a whole lot. Anyway. Um, so yeah, my top three is exactly the same as yours. Exact same reasons too. Um, so where are you sitting for your acting score? Uh, actually acting, I think I'm going to be in between my writing and story. So I'm going to go at 91. I think I'm leaning more towards my writing score for that. Like the, the extras were, were all good. And I, the only reason I'm docking is for the extras. The main cast were, was incredible. True. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to sit at a, a 90 with acting, uh, moving on over to character development. Um, I think this one was pretty cut and dry. Like I did this based off of Michael. Oh yeah. Same here. And, uh, and his, his growth. Uh, so, I mean, from the beginning of the the movie, like you kind of get this sense that he's he has like levels of insecurity, um, mainly because he we find out that he was a what was the term he said an FFK, uh, and as soon as yeah. he said that, I I like I knew exactly what that stood for. Like, did, how long did it take you to figure it out? It took me a minute. Oh, I knew immediately. Is it, be- is it because I was one? <laughs> that was a horrible joke. <laughs> yeah, so you get to see him struggle with that with um before him and and Kid are able to um be intimate. Then we get to see his his growth in the relationship that he has with with Kit. As well, where we get to see them struggle with Kit not being out. And, I mean, their intimacy has has grown, but Kit still isn't out. And that's like a big um, moment of conflict for them. So, like, seeing how they have to deal with that, where Michael has to hide all of, like, or de-gay... <laughs> kids kids room which was hilarious uh same with his wardrobe and everything and it it was so funny watching uh kit's roommate kirby uh kind of work alongside michael because it's like it seems like she's been through this before <laughs> yeah it did it was just freaking hilarious loved it 
Yeah, so that was really fun. Um, but, I mean, you see that moment of growth with with them, um, or between them, once Kit finally does come out to his his parents. And it's interesting now to, like, that I've heard, I don't know about you, but my TikTok feed is full of, like, different therapists' uh, reactions and, like, signs that you, like, things that you struggled with or maybe that, like, are a trauma of your childhood. And, like, whenever you go to, like, admit things or, like, confess things to your parents where it'd just be like, oh, I just must be a horrible parent for you to not have told me this like trusting me with this or blah 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 like i noticed that immediately with uh with kit's mom and i was just like mm, issues <laughs> <laughs> and i only recognize that because i have issues like that <laughs> like i get it bro <laughs> um but yeah like really really liked like kits store like just like them growing together as as a family and then cutting to like later in their relationship seeing the the decline of their relationship and and showing like they like how the therapist stated where they're resentful of each other for whatever reason um maybe how the other has changed or whatnot but how it's put them in a low point where their relationship is borderline unhealthy for them and maybe like that separation is something that they need from each other and and all that but it's it's interesting because before they they take that you get to see the insecurities that michael's going through um thinking that kit is sleeping with his co-worker sebastian which eventually it turns up that he he does or he did yeah um which freaking another like heartbreaking conversation and just dude seriously that one was the one that kind of struck me the most because it's it's just kind of like it's like that was their moment of having like dying confessions where michael asked kit just straight up like were you having sex with sebastian and kit's just yeah and you could tell michael wasn't like shocked or anything it was just kind of confirming what he already knew yeah and he was able to just kind of like you could see it just it took him a second but then like immediately he let it go yeah because he i think he it was just in that moment he realizes just how insignificant that fact is <laughs> and just because what of what Kit was going through, and it it's like it's it's hard, like just sh- like sharing like that whole like they just portrayed people that love each other so well, where it's just like I think what what Kit recognized was that Michael wasn't asking out of jealousy; it was it was out of curiosity if anything yeah, that's a good way to or put just it. like just to confirm something and it it wasn't 
like jealousy that he was asking. It was just like, I, I, I need this closure before you go. Yeah. And I like, I, I thought it was just powerful how open he was able to be. And yeah. Yeah. So I, I just love their, their whole story. And like Michael's interpretation of his life where he's um, living like this sitcom life in his brain is, is really cool. So, huh. So what are you thinking for, for character development? I don't know. It was, it was a very strong character development. I agree with everything that you said. I especially uh, love the part towards the ending with how, speaking of like the whole sitcom thing, where, um, you know, it cuts to literally him, you know, as if it's a soap opera, him, like, at, right after it ends, and him just getting up and, like, walking into the break room, and Michael, you know, is, you know, asking him some questions, uh, asking Kit some questions, and he's just like, you know, so w- what do I do now? Like, what do I do without you? And he's just like, you're gonna have to figure that out yourself. Um, and I think that, that also is a very good, uh, character moment, and just, Definitely agree with everything uh, Caleb said about Michael. Um, so for character development, I'd say I'm at a solid 90. This might be the one place that I'm harshest on this. Okay. Um, sure. Like, again, it was a really well done uh, story. Like, obviously, it's based off of real life and just the growth that he went through in those years being with Kit. Um, so I think my, my issue character development wise was just the, uh, the way that they portrayed it. Um, so with that, I think I'm gonna, I was going to be at an 88, but I, I think like for what you said about it, bumped me up a little bit. So I'm going to be at like an 89. All right. Next up we got effects, which for this wasn't really, there was absolutely no special effects. No. Uh, so this was just more cinematography and and that all was that. Fantastic. Camera. It work was. was so, it was beautifully so shot. Good in this movie. Especially the uh, scenes where they're at the uh, kid's parents' house, and like when um it's uh, Michael and uh, Kit's mom about to go on a run. Why that uh pulled out wide shot? I think it was called of uh, like the 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 sunrise just. Love that. Looks so beautiful. Oh, yeah. Dude, some of my favorite things that they did was um, anytime they took a picture or anytime Kit took a picture, it would show the picture. Yeah, I love that, And too. then how the the world looked in, like in yeah. reality and everything. It was just so interesting. And this kind of has something to do with acting, too, but... I really liked how this was shot when they were, uh, they just gotten the diagnosis that had spread to his brain and that he had, um, a few weeks, was it? Yeah, six weeks. Yeah, he had six weeks and they're in that restaurant and Kit takes a couple pictures of Michael and then, like, the, uh, and then when Michael takes the camera and takes a few pictures of Kit, like those 
pictures like Jim Parsons and Ben Aldridge knocked it out of the freaking park with the, the, yeah, their expressions. Yeah. Like their expressions were heartbreaking, dude. Like you could tell like the first one was just kind of like fake smile and then it's just slow realization of just kind of a like you could like see them absorbing what they were just told and how rough that was for them and it was just excellent excellently shot um and then the sitcom stuff it it, it like the sitcom thing was interesting because i i liked how it, it just kind of started off lighthearted, but just slowly got to a point where it was just like borderline dark yeah isn't, and, isn't the final one that we get of the sitcom is when he comes home and he's asking for his mom yeah she's calling and then he just sits down and watches the soap opera by himself yeah like, like jesus yeah like there's so much like subcontext to take from from those scenes it, oof. it like just cuts you deep Dude, straight up so i mean the cinematography here was just um for this though I think we're gonna be at like an eighty-seven. I think that that like just one shot for me just like boosted me up just a. All right, next up we got music. It was good. Nothing to write home about. Yeah. The, um, trying to see if I can find the the soundtrack, but yeah, the soundtrack wasn't wasn't anything to write home about. Like there were a couple songs like at, when they were at the bar that were decent. Yeah. Um. Other than that, it was a fairly average soundtrack. Um, I'm like at a six or a seven. Like I'm honestly at a six. Six? I can give you yeah. six. Costumes, I I might be a little bit higher. You're at a seven. Damn it, seven seems high. It like it was yeah. just it was just daily clothes. So yeah, it's nothing too special. Cost. Yeah, I'm I'm giving it a six. Unfortunately. All right, last up, we got our own personal score. Do you want me to take this one since you're signing us off? Yeah. Okay. So, overall, I freaking loved this movie. This is such a great uh, love story. I loved every minute of it. Jim Parsons. Uh, Jim Parsons and Ben Aldridge, amazing chemistry together. Um, I have nothing but greatness to say about those two. Um, and honestly, the supporting cast is great too. Um, just, I have very little bad to say about this movie. Uh, I, I wanted a great love story and I got that and I'm very satisfied, um, with it. So for me, I'm going to go a 92. Yeah. Th- uh, this was just a beautiful love story and I'm just a sucker for a good romantic film. And, like I said, there wasn't a whole lot to dislike about this movie, if anything. Like, it kind of had everything you want. It had, like, little bits of comedy in there. Like, when Michael brings Kit to his place and it's nothing but Smurfs. (laughs) Uh, So that was funny. And it it was just heartwarming. And, like I said, I... It hit me on an emotional level. 
And I don't think there's a lot of movies that can do that. Um, I mean, I say that, but I could probably list 10, like, off the top of my head. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, this one, it just hits... It just hits different. And I, like like I said with, with Bros, this is... I hope to hear and see more stories like this in the future. Like they, there are some great stories that have not like great love stories that have not been told because of the nature of them and, or who they're between. So, um, just because of that, I think I'm going to be with you, Rose. I'm, I'm sitting at a 92 as well. Yeah. Uh, so with that, that so starting off with story, uh, we are sitting at a very strong ninety one point five. Our writing averaged out to a ninety. Acting averaged out to a ninety point five. Character development sitting at an eighty nine point five. So all four of those categories were really close. Um, the effects are sitting at an eighty seven point five. So that was probably the lowest category that we. Or close to, out of the out of the f- initial five, uh, unfortunately, music and costumes were fairly average. Both ended up scoring a six, and our personal score averaged to a ninety-two. Uh, so, with that, the final All Bros letter grade for spoiler alert has come to a B plus. Hell yeah. Yeah, it oh so so freaking good. It's um it's it's on the weaker side and in, in terms of B pluses. Um like we said, it isn't the the score itself is the most important thing. B plus I could absolutely agree with a B plus. Yeah, me too. Um getting into its percentage though, uh spoiler Spoiler alert ended up scoring an 86.37. Uh, so that ended up putting it above Captain Marvel and Sing 2, which are both at an 86.25. Uh, it put it above Spider-Man Homecoming, which is at an 86.22. Um, it's above Nightmare on Elm Street, which is at an 86.12. And then finally, it was above Mr. Peabody and Sherman, which is at an 86.06. Going the opposite direction, it puts it below Black Adam, which is at an 86.5. Puts it below the Lego Movie 2, which is at an 86.5 as well. It is below the Lovebirds, which is at an 86.54. It's below Scream 2022, which is at an 86.56. And then finally, it is below Frozen 2, which is at an 86.59. All right, not bad. Good placement. Yeah, not bad at all. Yeah, I think it has really good placement. Um, Yeah. Like, I, there's justification for why some of these movies, like, I think quality-wise... It is well above Black Adam, but where Black Adam ended up scoring higher was in costumes. Yeah. So, I mean, 
that's that's where like I think it had this the costumes been better or just maybe the soundtrack a little bit better I think this would have bumped it above Black Adam easily yeah um but yeah not not upset with his placement at all um so unless you got anything else to say about this movie pretty sure we can wrap this up yeah I got nothing alrighty well if you like this episode, want to check out more of our stuff, be sure to follow and subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, and be sure to follow and subscribe on social media as well. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, all at the All Bros. Um, you can also check out our website where you can find links to everything that we do. It, that would be at the tinyurl.com. Or tinyurl, yeah, tinyurl.com forward slash the Albros. Um, so with that, uh, next week, uh, you guys can look forward to us breaking down Creed three. So that should be an exciting one. We have not seen the first two, but we are going to attempt and binge them this week. So I feel yeah. it's going to be very interesting to me because I haven't seen any of the Rocky movies either. I've only seen Rocky Balboa, and that okay. is it. <laughs> okay, so we're we're basically on the same page here. Cool. So this is going to yep. be fun. Oh, yeah. Um. So with that, this has been the All Bros podcast. I'm Caleb. And I'm Jonathan. Why are you saying it? Wait, so am I missing it something? I feel no, like I'm missing something. No, you were just saying that like so like I know, but it's because slow. I was I was trying to think if I was missing something. <laughs> oh. I got very confused. Anyway, uh this has been the All Bros Podcast, and we will catch you guys next week. Deuces. So long. <laughs>